The Two Witnesses by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor When Judaism gave sway to Christianity, the people at the time called the disciples of Jesus a cult and accused them of starting their own religion. It was a sad time for the Almighty, as He had provided a way for His beloved people to start over. They would no longer have to be in bondage to the law of Moses, that no man could be completely obedient to, nor would the law any longer determine their fate. That is, if they could accept the new provision he had provided, if they could change their lifestyle and adapt to the example set by the new heir to the throne of David, King Jesus. The religious leaders of the day did not want to give up their following their means of wealth, or their authority among men. And so they refused to accept the Messiah as their Passover lamb. They refused God's provision and plan of salvation. They refused Christ and the cross. To this day, Judaism is holding her people in a spiritual death-like condition with the grave clothes of rituals and man's tradition binding them to the ways the Almighty hates. Good people, loving people, are caught up in the web of religion and truly are not even aware of their condition. And Christianity, though she started out powerful, blessed of God and performing many signs and wonders, teaching boldly about the kingdom of God and how to be born again to become citizens, slowly began to die as she was absorbed into the world's culture. As surely as the twelve tribes of Israel were lost in the nations, so also is the Christian church. She now has the morals of the world and proudly backs its economy, schools, and governments. A thank you to our forefathers. Two great witnesses unknowingly are dead on the spiritual streets of Sodom and Egypt, symbolic of the immoral world we live in today. I call them witnesses because Israel, now narrowed down to Judah, or the Jews, preserved the feasts that are for all generations of God's people and recorded the prophetic words and promises leading to the Messiah. The Gentiles would not have known or recognized Jesus if Israel's scribes had not faithfully preserved the words of the prophets. They prophesied events that are happening right now as well, and of things concerning the new heaven and new earth. Where would we be without that knowledge? Thank you, Judaism. What if Christianity had not accepted Jesus or taught us how to be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost? What if we did not have the new covenant or understand our access to the Abrahamic covenant? Thank you, Christianity. A prophetic picture. Did you realize all this was prophesied in Judges chapter 14 when Samson ate the honey out of the carcass of the dead lion? The dead lion, symbolic of old Israel, held truth symbolized by the honey that Samson, a picture of Christianity, ate before beginning his ministry. Samson, like the early Christian church, was powerful performed miracles, and walked in signs and wonders. 
as the early church had ample covering from the prayers of the apostles in Jerusalem, Samson had uncut hair. Hair in the Bible is symbolic of covering, by the way. Just as Christianity mixed with other religions, sun god worship resulting in Christmas, as an example, Samson mixed with the people of the land and their pagan religion. Christianity lost her covering during the Dark Ages as she lost sight of the apostles and prophets, and Samson lost his hair to Delilah, a prototype of Babylon. The church, like Samson, therefore became weak, blind, and bound by the enemy, without covering. Neither Samson or the two witnesses knew when the Spirit left them until they needed to use the power they once had and found themselves helpless. The Hebrew people have been assimilated into the nations, and Satan, through man's systems, has tried to annihilate the few that are recognizable. Christianity is no better off. She looks, walks, and talks like the world, and so will experience destruction along with it. It is the plan of Satan. Man is just his pawn. At the end of the story of Samson, his hair had grown back, and although still blind, he defeated the enemy that had him bound. Likewise, Christianity regained some of her early power as the fivefold ministers were restored to the church, especially with the emergence of the apostolic and prophetic. But the church will not separate from the world and its pleasures or mingling with the people of the nations, so it will die along with them, just like Samson. Let us read from Judges chapter 16, verses 28 through 30. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars, which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might. And the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. Samson was chosen priesthood. He was to be separate in his heart. But instead, he fell in love with the enemy. Israel as a nation was to be a separate people. She disobeyed and became blinded by the enemies of God. She is therefore unable to see God's salvation for her. Christianity loves the world and the things the world has to offer. She's therefore blind to the kingdom. Who's to say what would have happened if Samson would have repented and called to the Lord for help? instead of asking for power to destroy the enemy his way and in his own strength? Could God have given him a means of escape? Could God have forgiven him and restored his eyesight? Could God have destroyed the enemy on a much broader scale? Did Samson really have to die? Do those that make up Judaism and Christianity really have to die? Wake up, Israel. 
Wake up, church. The trumpets are sounding loud and clear. Come out of Babylon and the world system she supports. Be separated from man's traditions and false doctrines that are headed for destruction. God has been warning for thousands of years, and the final notes of the last blast of the trumpets are about to end. Listen what the Spirit is saying to the church. Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 11. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Isaiah chapter 52, verses 1 and 2. Awake, awake, get up from the streets, put on your strength, have your power return. O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, remove your grave clothes of Satan's lies. O Jerusalem, the holy city, a city made of living stones, us. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Talking to those who have come out of the religious systems of man. Shake yourself from the dust where you lie on the streets. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck. Let truth set you free, O captive daughter of Zion. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Verses 50 through 54. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Bloodlines will not help you, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. You must be spiritually clean. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We will not all die, but we shall all be changed into children of the eternal, triumphant church. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it will happen when we least expect it. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. We must come out of the old systems and walk according to God's spiritual laws of the kingdom. And this mortal must put on immortality. We will return to the state of Adam and Eve before the fall. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. We can be obedient and never die. Closing. God has a plan, a destiny for mankind that was mapped out before the earth was formed. The plan evolves over the ages, and it is the choice of each individual in each age. 
whether we walk in his works or ours, or if we're a part of his agenda or our own. There was enough oil or anointing in the two great witnesses to carry us this far, but now there is a new anointing placed on the obedient, a new oil we must fill our vessels with to continue on. There was enough honey or truth to nourish us and keep us alive until this age of the church. But new insight on scripture has been released, and there is yet the final feast, and those that do not separate and receive the new oil are unclean, dressed wrong, and cannot attend.